Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus the Twins. That's, that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, Steve would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans. Happy Sunday, fun day, Father's Day edition here at Johnny Nani. Alongside NWI Steve, the two that are not fathers uh, on the show, we're giving the dads, Buzz and Tony, uh, the break here. So me and that Steve we are know here. Of. Yeah, me, me and Steve are here to, uh, you know, kind of talk through uh, some of these woeful uh, weekend struggles that the White Sox had. Uh, kind of a, not, I wouldn't say coming back down to a reality moment, but I think a, a good check here. Uh, and Steve will get in to elaborate all these points. So, uh, Steve, despite the outcomes this weekend, good to be here talking some White Sox baseball with you, my friend. Hey, yo, Johnny. It is always good to get on the mic together here and have some conversation about some White Sox baseball, even if it is a disaster-filled, shitty weekend down in uh, the heart of Texas, as they say. Yeah, it's a tough one, man. We lose all four of a four-game series. Uh, it is just tough to cope with no matter what. And even though, you know, we, we had talked about early in the week because you and I did the very first uh, Rays game of this series and kind of statement week for the White Sox and revisiting your article, it was maintaining rationality that, uh, yeah, no matter what the results may be, and obviously did not end up in the White Sox favor overall with this one, it was still just a stretch of tough games uh, against two tough teams uh, in early or mid-June. So uh, just keep that in perspective as we talk about all of this. So we'll get into the nitty-gritty of sort of Saturday and Sunday here. But before we do, make sure, listeners, you're visiting ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Follow us on social media at Sox on Tap and at Ontap Sportsnet. Grandstand is the place to go for White Sox merchandise and all Chicago sports merchandise located right near the ballpark. You can go and visit them in person or online, grandstandsox.com on social media at Grandstand Sack. So usually, you know, Sunday fun day, uh, it's been nice. We, we've had some wins to talk about on these uh, previous ones, making it even more fun. But hey, uh, even with the results, we can still uh, find a way to uh, make, make this a little bit enjoyable here, Steve. And I think some of that will be looking to the future and possible moves that could be uh, added here. So I think a big theme from this is that, sure, depth guys have performed very well up until this point. But I think you really see how thin this lineup is without uh, your main guys that are injured right now. You're absolutely right, Johnny. We are seeing right now here and over the course of the last month, the offense overall has actually been about middle of the road um, across Major League Baseball here. And when you think about it, it really makes too much sense when you have three main everyday contributors that are now absent from the lineup. And you have asked guys that are typically role players to fill in and carry probably a bigger load than they're originally accustomed to having to carry. And it is starting to catch up to them a little bit, even though, you know, you had Jake Lamb or, or excuse me, Jay Clam, as, as our guy Sal went up, Sal as uh, he, he would like to say here, hit a uh, nice two-run homer in this volume today. We're just seeing we're kind of at a point where some of these guys 
are simply getting overexposed by the amount of playing time that they are being asked to take on here. And I really think we have come to a point where it is incumbent upon Rick Hahn and this front office to begin to fortify this roster here, really get out in front of the market because he talks all the time about seasons being sacred and, and wanting to honor those seasons. And when you have a team right now that has as much potential and has the starting pitching that this team has, you need to capitalize it and they need to find a way to do that. And I think we are at the point now where we know what this team is. We know what holes need to be addressed. It's time to go out there and address them. Yeah, uh, most definitely. And along with guys being overexposed and playing in those roles, like you'd mentioned there, I think there's also uh, kind of a under underlying thing that goes with this. And some guys that are coming back from these, like Adam Engel, sure, you know, he was out for so long. He's still not even on a play, you know, consecutive days yet sort of basis. So um, you're talking about even being even more strapped, even though you technically have a guy like him back, uh, there are still factors uh, that are playing into some of these struggles. And I agree with you, uh, Sacred Season man. I mean, this is the most exciting uh, White Sox team. Obviously, last year was exciting, but although it was a really weird year and shortened year. Um, but yeah, th that was exciting. And this one's even more so because you think that, um, yeah, and you know that th they do have pieces and they have a very legitimate chance to make some noise uh, when the really meaningful stuff comes around uh, in October baseball. So um, yeah, it will be interesting to see. And it is time to turn the eyes towards uh the trade market, um, like you'd mentioned, you're definitely going to have an article up on that. So I'm excited to uh, get that one out to the masses uh, and have that uh, circulating out there about potential options and, uh, you know, identifying the needs, whether it be, uh, you know, bats, uh, relief core, uh, whatever it is. So uh, re really looking forward to that here. But um, let's talk a little bit about this weekend, Stephen. One of my biggest gripes is defense, because sure, uh, we know the offense has gone cold. And that is unfortunately a product of a lot of the injuries that the White Sox have had. Uh, but the defense is something that you should be able to do on a day in day out basis. And sure, you're going to have errors every once in a while, but man, the consistency with which they had them this weekend, not great, Bob. This weekend really kind of reminded us of some of the early struggles that we saw from this team defensively during the month of April. Uh, those first maybe two, two and a half weeks of the season, we just saw some very, you know, shoddy defensive play, a lot of errors and even plays that aren't going down as errors that are ultimately extending innings, forcing, forcing starting pitchers to throw more pitches and, and be taxed a little more than they really should be. It really reared its ugly head really throughout the entirety of the weekend, with the exception of maybe the Friday night game with Carlos Rodon on the mound. Uh, we saw several instances of Yohan Mancata just making some poor throws and Jose Abreu bailing him out in, in a number of circumstances. But also there were a couple of times where he wasn't able to get bailed out. And that could maybe just be a function of Mancata having missed the three-game series against Tampa Bay and maybe being a little bit out of rhythm. But that's something that they absolutely have to clean up. We saw, you know, some poor execution on rundowns, overthrows from from outfielders. It was really anything that could go wrong defensively did over the course of this four game set, and it's something that really does have to get cleaned up because they're just not playing well enough, and and they're undermanned enough to where you can't be giving teams four and five outs in an inning ultimately. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. And I thought, you know, with the Thursday night error, the early one from Mancata, uh, the, the errant throw, I thought that was just a little bit of shaking the rust off that whole Thursday night game for him. And obviously a little bit of a, we talked about it on me and Tony did on Thursday night, a little bit of a hangover game from how exciting and exhilarating the walk-off was on Wednesday. Um, but, you know, it, it didn't seem to be the case. He was still rough, uh, you know, the whole weekend uh, all throughout 
out. So it's like, you know, does this guy ever like dealt with this sinus infection before? I'm sure there's probably more uh, nicks and scratches and bumps and bruises that are going along with this. Like, come on, let's be real. We're still at a you know significant a significant portion of games have been played so far to this point. So I'm sure you know a lot of those guys are dealing with it. But man, uh, it sucks when it like you said rears its ugly head and is costing your pitchers. Uh, you know, first of all, it's you know you're giving them extra outs. You can't do that against a team like the Astros. And then second of all, you're overextending your pitchers who have been so you know reliable for you so far. So th- that just kind of uh, you know throws the whole uh, formula of winning for the White Sox out of whack. There, I think, is the biggest detriment to the team there. Hundred percent, and it was interesting. One, I think, one of the more salient points that Gordon Beckham made this weekend in the booth that when you're a team at at the major league level, and especially when you're going up against a quality team like the Houston Astros, if you are to win games or ultimately win a series, if they happen to run into them again in October, you really need to control two out of three phases. You know, and those phases obviously being, um, you know, the offense, the pitching and the the defense. And realistically, I mean, Houston controlled all three phases this weekend here. And hence they went 4-0 ultimately. So for a majority of the season, I would say that we have seen the White Sox control at least two of those phases in most of the series that they have played here. They have to kind of get back to that now a little bit, maybe just kind of go back to square one. And it may help certainly going up against a team like the Pittsburgh Pirates here Tuesday and Wednesday, who I know they're just coming off a series where they took two out of three from the Cleveland Indians. So thank you very much for that, Pittsburgh. Um, Much appreciated. So it's time for the Sox to kind of get back to square one here get back to fundamentals, get things right, and get the train back on, on the track, so to speak. Yep. I, I like the point that you made about controlling phases. And, you know, for, for the most part, I would say, you know, pitching has been unlocked for the White Sox. Uh, that, that has been no issue. Um, and there have been, you know, the early stretches and then obviously most recently with the defense. But there was a period in between there where we weren't really complaining too much. You'd have your one off, you know, just a physical error, uh, you know, whatever. If someone gets too far in the hole, can't make the throw, whatever. Uh, that, that would happen. But, uh, yeah, they definitely got way, way, away from that this weekend you saw it uh and like you said you're playing a good team too let's not undercut what the houston astros do they may have been in second place coming into the uh weekend series you know uh, a couple games behind the oakland a's but man you go and look at those offensive stats that they put up and you have a cold and banged up offense there uh it, it was not i would say the cards were not in the white Sox favor uh with uh stepping into the batter's box this weekend steve the great hawk harrelson used to have a saying it's not just who you play it's when you play them. And the Sox, are catching, the Sox are catching the Astros at a time when Houston is hot. Everything is clicking. They have now won seven consecutive games um, after this four-game sweep here. So, you know, this is a team that they're hot on the tails of the Oakland A's in the AL West. That's going to be a very tight, competitive race going all the way down between those two teams here. You're just catching Houston at, at a time where everything is clicking for them, even without Alex Bregman losing one of their big bats within that lineup. They still have so much length from one through nine. And this is the top offensive team in the sport right now. And you're catching them at a time where everything is kind of going right for them. They get Michael Brantley back. He's been hot. Jose Altuve is probably going to be the American League player of the month for 
for June here. Uh, he's probably going to end up hitting, you know, 10, 11, 12 home runs here for the month. He's already got nine. So just some, some bad timing overall. And that can happen over the course of 162 game season, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. yeah most definitely. And, uh, you know, it, it, this is the first time the, the White Sox have lost more than three consecutive games. Uh, let's put this into perspective. Think about how many times in years past and granted different circumstances, different expectations this year. I totally understand that, but still, it's baseball. It's a long season. You are bound to probably go on a cold stretch every once in a while, wouldn't you say? I would absolutely say that. And I know a lot of people hate to kind of circle back to 2005, but I don't understand. I, I've never quite understood why people hate going back to that because, I mean, that was like the greatest year of my life to, to this point here. Um, I'm old enough to remember that team losing eight games in a row in August. And everyone thought that the, the sky was falling. You know, and this was before they almost blew that 15-game lead to, to Cleveland. So if a team that good, that was that dominant, that went wire to wire, can lose eight consecutive games in August when, when things are really starting to matter, losing four games in a row in mid-June, it's just simply not as catastrophic as people want to make it out to be. I hear there's some social media website where I'm sure people are losing their fucking minds over this <laughs> right now. but. It's just not that huge of a concern, ultimately. There are some things that definitely do need to be addressed, I think particularly from a roster construction standpoint at this juncture here. But let's have perspective here. This is still a very good baseball team that simply had a bad weekend. Yeah, and you know, let's talk about you would in your article about before any of this happened. This was before the preceding the race series, even, and you know, it was looking good with that with us taking two or three. Obviously, after the fact, looking back on it, but before that, you'd said this is not the same White Sox team that we're going to see down the stretch here, and I think that's a very important thing. A with injuries, I mean, we already got Eloy back uh, in baseball activities uh, at the facility down in Arizona, so you never know. That could be a very very late July. I would say probably put it in the second ish week of August if you're going on that timeline with the rehab stint in between there. Um, and then, you know, the possibility of Luis Robert, even, you know, a little bit later, maybe a couple weeks, uh, three, four weeks after that, uh, he can be back there. And then on top of that, there's still a trade deadline where they can address these things too. So this is not the, you're not carrying Brian Goodwin in center field for starting game one of the playoffs here. I, I think that needs to be taken into perspective here. Right. And, and I think that's something that people really need to not lose sight of right now. Um, there is absolutely the opportunity for this team to augment the roster, both internally and externally. So this group and, and the reliance that we're seeing on guys like Brian Goodwin, like Jake Lamb, like your mean Mercedes, you know, all of them have had their moments, some for periods of time longer than others. Uh, let's be real about this. Your mean Mercedes carried this team throughout the month of April, and, and that was very important. And that is something that should not be lost in the shuffle with all the struggles that he has had since then here. But, you know, these are guys that are really ultimately complementary players. So when you start to get those big boys back, this lineup and the complexion of this team and really the, the attitude and the aura around this team, I think is going to be a lot different when we get to mid-September here, especially if they get Luis Robert back as well. They're in center field. So, you know, those are two pieces that really lengthen this lineup out and make it a much more complete baseball team than they are right now. Yeah, I would agree 100%. A name you just brought up there, though, we need to talk about it. It's an elephant in the room, uh, A, based on his size, and two, based on the cold streak that he's been on, is 
Yerman Mercedes. And, you know, there's it, been a lot of talk and I think it's uh, all, you know, uh, warranted at this point that it is about time for Yerman Mercedes to uh, go back to Charlotte and try to figure some things out. Do you agree? I think everything is on the table at this point here. Um, if the organization decides that, you know, maybe they want to, I don't know, maybe, maybe give um, Gavin Sheets a run or, or maybe try Jake Berger or something. I think it's it all needs to be on the table or if they want to look at maybe just having Jake Lamb uh, see the majority of maybe the at-bats from a DH spot here. But again, you know, kind of given some of the some of the injuries from the outfield perspective, you're you're without Adam Eaton. Uh, Larry Garcia has been very banged up right now. So there probably does need to be some mixing and matching going on at this point here. I did like the fact that Tony, you know, did take your mean and actually put him down into the number eight spot to maybe try to take a little bit of pressure off of him in, in one retrospect there. But I think the idea of him going back down to Charlotte at this point is something that does need to be widely considered. And if they believe that they have a better option and a better alternative down there, that can help give them some production here. I think it's something that needs to be done. Yeah. And I do want to make a point that uh, Gavin Cheats has been working outfield. Uh, I think that was a spring, you know, kind of a spring training off season sort of thing uh, that he started doing there. And we did see him in spring training games uh, out there. So uh, he's, Kim, uh, you know, White Sox sale here commenting. Uh, Yerman doesn't play position if he's not hitting. What's the point of Yerman? And that's where we, we lead to this discussion here. Yeah, uh, maybe it's time for a Gavin Sheets call up. And also, let's not, uh, you know, think on the roster here too. Um, don't put this out like you had said. Jake Lamb getting him, you know more fair share of the at-bats there. He went deep. He, one of the few bright spots this week, Andrew Vaughn went deep on Saturday night, and Jake Lamb went deep to give the White Sox a very brief temporary uh, lead, but it was a uh, two-run shot in, in today's game. So I would agree that, you know, Rake Lamb uh, probably could see uh, an increased uh, workload coming up here. I think Tony at this juncture really just needs to kind of mix and match a little bit dependent upon – starting pitching um, that they're that they're going up against and, and really trying to play matchups. And I know that it's going to lead to a lot of people, you know, hashtag mad online about the lineups. And, and I know that's something that is pretty prevalent in these parts here. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I haven't taken part in that from time to time. Um, but I'm also mindful of the fact that every time or, or almost every time I'm upset about something he does from a lineup construction standpoint it usually ends up working and so i end up just you know kind of ha having a laugh about it you know if he has brian goodwin batting second or even several times when he had jake lamb hitting in the number two spot earlier on in the year um i know i would be kind of upset about it whether it's in our in our group uh text chat and then you know the guys would end up going and producing so you know hey if that's what if that's what it takes that's what it takes yeah, uh, so it will be interesting to see kind of the mixing and matching and possible uh, call-ups uh, that could be happening here. Um, also, just of note, Jake Berger uh, did start uh, this past week. I believe it was on Thursday night was his first game there um, with Charlotte Knights uh, at second base. And that was his first documented start at second base, uh, as far as I could trace it back, to his sophomore year at Missouri State. Possible option there? I think so, and I think that's something I'm going to explore a little bit more as as the week comes on one of the interesting aspects with that and something that i know i personally can't answer so i'm going to try to do a little bit of digging and see what kind of firsthand reports we can get on this is you know obviously jake jake Berger has lost quite a bit of weight um since he had the two achilles injuries uh back in in 2018 so he's a much slimmer version than the guy that the Sox drafted out of missouri state in 2017 
So, you know, hopefully with that comes a little bit more lateral mobility, which is something that's pretty important when you're playing up the middle there. There's a lot of different considerations that need to be made when playing the second base position. There is that lateral movement aspect of it. There is the turning of the double plays, covering uh, the base on, on stolen base attempts here. So there's a lot of more moving, there's a lot more moving parts than there is at third base. So I think it will be particularly interesting to see how he takes to that position. Um, one other aspect to this is if he say maybe has, you know, less than less than average range uh, for, for the position. And we've actually seen some bigger guys with with build similar to him, like Mike Moustakis and even Max Muncy for a little while. They're playing second base for, for some other teams. But, you know, some of those teams have actually tried to camouflage some of the deficiencies in, in movement with increased shifting. And that's something that Tony has been pretty opposed to at this point point. Um, I think only the Colorado Rockies have been shifting less than the White Sox here. So if the Sox did decide to maybe try to bring up Jake Berger and put him at second base, would Tony maybe kind of alter some of his um, mentality and some of his thought process to incorporate more shifts to try to kind of camouflage maybe any deficiencies in range that Jake Berger might have? Yeah, most definitely. And I think uh, if we were to see a call up and, you know, this is not, nothing's been announced or anything. We're just speculating here, shooting the shit here on Sunday Funday. But uh, if there's a call up, I believe it would be Gavin Sheets first. We did see him get that call uh, when there was the, uh, you know, sort of temporary COVID IL, uh, the stint with uh, Andrew Vaughn just for a brief, you know, whatever, the two days or something like that uh, at the front end of the Baltimore Orioles series, I believe uh, that, that was. Um, so Gavin Sheets said he didn't get any action, but I believe that may be an indicator of, you know, that, that kind of tips your hand a little bit of who could be first guy up. And also when you look at it positionally, when you have guys like Adam Eaton on the IL right now, you have Larry Garcia, obviously only played in one game, I believe this weekend, uh, banged up himself, like you had mentioned earlier. Um, I think that, uh, you know, they it could roll with Danny Medic, even if they aren't, you know, Unfortunately, not getting uh, production at the plate as of yet. But I do think uh, we, when we talked about with Madrigal going down, there are a few things that Danny Mendick offers that Nick Madrigal doesn't. And obviously the consistency in the hits is not is a drop off that you don't like. But at the same time, he does provide a little more pop. So if he does get some good lumber on it and then uh, there's also he's just a little bit taller. So you talk about that range and stuff. We talked about that game at Detroit up the middle there, uh, you know, a play like that um, or, or the turn at second base on one of them where he had to kind of take it on his own and jump and throw. Uh, there are some different things there. So um, I'm not, you know, giving up on uh, Danny Mendick either just for a cold uh, weekend from him. So uh, we'll be interesting to see kind of the position shuffling that goes on here. Um, all right. Uh, let's go a little bit further into this one here. Um, anything else from the weekend that stood out to you that you want to make comment on uh, that could have bearing moving forward or just wanted to um, get off the chest about this weekend so we can put it in the past and move on? <laughs> I think... You know, we saw three of the four starting pitching performances really be subpar, which has been very atypical of what we have seen from this team uh, through the first 60-some games of the 2021 season. Obviously, starting pitchers, are, you're going to have some days where you just go out there and you just don't have good command. Um, we saw that from, from Diamond Dallas Keuchel today. We saw that from Lance Lynn yesterday, Dylan Cease on Thursday. Uh, these are guys that have all done – you know, a pretty solid job overall this year. So I'm just looking for them to kind of get things back on track here over this next week against Pittsburgh and Seattle. And I have 
every expectation that that will indeed happen. Yeah, uh, most definitely. So, uh, you know, bright spots from this weekend, maybe not from the White Sox themselves. But as you'd mentioned, uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates, who the White Sox will be playing next, did take two of three from the Cleveland Indians uh, this weekend. So that is a help uh, for the White Sox in this case when you lose all four uh, in that and obviously maintains uh, the first place status here uh, for the White Sox. And, uh, you know, these Pirates, uh, we know what they are. Uh, We we know they... It's uh, it, it, we've been there in the past. Uh, think about you know 2017, 2018 White Sox teams. We, we have been there where the Pirates are. So uh, maybe a little showcasing here coming up. A potential guy that people have been uh, you know, just floating his name. You know, Adam Frazier there for Pittsburgh. Uh, what are we thinking that we're gonna? It's only a brief two game set out in Pittsburgh here. Uh, but uh, the thoughts on uh, what we're gonna see here for this uh, kind of are the White Sox gonna bounce back? Well, what are we gonna get out of this team? That is 100% the expectation. I, I fully believe that they should go in there and they should take both of these games. You have Lucas Giolito, the guy who who you believe to be your ace and who fancies himself to be a $200 million pitcher. You're going out there against one of the weak sisters of, of the National League. You need to go out there and you need to shove. You know, the bullpen has been pretty taxed this weekend, even though they're going to have the off day here tomorrow. You got to go out there and you got to dominate. This is a a poor, light hitting Pittsburgh Pirates team. You need to go out there and you take the ball. You need to shove it up their ass, plain and simple. Dylan Cease been a little bit of a bump slayer this season, if we're being completely honest. So same thing. I expect him to go out there, high octane stuff, go right at these hitters here, no pussyfooting around, and go in there, get two W's, and get back on the plane and get home for Friday the reopening day. Yeah. Hey, uh, bum slain. Hey, th- that's okay in my book because you do have to just play the teams that are on your schedule and it'd be much worse if you weren't, if you were still struggling against those guys. Um, yeah, you don't want to see that. And obviously, you know, a bigger test and you see something like Thursday night go down. You're like, Oh, is East really have it? We're still uh, trying to figure that out for ourselves here in the white Sox are and Dylan seizes for himself too. But if you're looking at a potential bounce back game, I think that uh, could be it. Hopefully he is a morning person though, because that will be an 1135 AM start time on Wednesday. Uh, the uh, local time here, obviously, it'll be a little afternoon out there in Pittsburgh, but then 6.05 for the Tuesday night game, uh, our time, central time here, uh, whereas that will be 7.05 out there in Pittsburgh with Giolito going. So um, that's one thing. Don't fall into the trap of the morning game after uh, the uh, you know first game there because you remember, we did play a brief, I believe it was just two games set out in Pittsburgh last year, uh, and we let the finale of that one slip away uh, on some weird shit uh, thanks to defense of miscues and uh, I think some base running miscues as well. So uh, I just don't want to see any of that. Uh, let's play and, a much cleaner game, especially defensively. And let's be real, that ultimately cost him a division title. Yeah, that combined with the, I mean, you, you cannot ignore the the final the four games at Cleveland. Right. That, that, that cannot be, <laughs> I'd, I'd still have nightmares about that. But yeah, no, I agree though, because yes, you know, you talk about one extra win there uh, when you're getting down uh, to that kind of crunch time. Actually, I guess that was in uh, mid to late August there, but still, yeah, it just, you know, it shows you that any game can be important like that, especially last year. It was uh, much more amplified uh, with the 60 game schedule there. So uh, yeah, I am expecting a full bounce back here too and then when looking even further um hey this is where some of the fun stuff can come in man 100 percent capacity reopening day like you'd mentioned against the seattle mariners next weekend um that friday saturday sunday uh should be rowdy time socks on tap we'll be doing a tailgate unfortunately i won't be there in person but 
Buzz, Tony, a lot of the on tap uh, contributors will be out there Saturday. That's going to be the big one. I'll be out there Friday night. So, uh, you know, kind of uh, breaking in the lot, uh, warming it up for them. And then Saturday will be the big tailgate. But uh, overall, they think on the field, White Sox should be able to take care of business against the Seattle Mariners. I know they've kind of they started off, you know, real cold and then they got a little bit hot and it was like kind of like randomly playing well. Uh, and then, you know, we just know where they're at. Think about the division that they're in too, uh, the teams that they have to play. So, uh, White Sox take advantage of them, I, I think over the weekend too mariners are a little bit of a sneaky team they're they're hovering right around that 500 mark but you know the fact of the matter is the white Sox play really well at home and they need to go out there and they need to take care of business you're gonna have um in that series against seattle you know you'll have um you should have carlos rodon Lance Lynn and Dallas Keuchel on on the mound for those three games right there. Those are three winnable games right there with with those pitchers going out there on the mound. Um, it would be nice to see the White Sox start hitting the ball in the air a little bit more, um, hitting the ball out of the ballpark because as we've seen throughout the entirety of this 2021 season and really for pretty much the entire time that the White Sox have played um, in the new ballpark here at, at 35th and shows. I say new, it's you know three decades old at this point, but um, when they hit home runs there. They win. It's a it's a very simple formula. I know I want to see some some fireworks while, when I'm in the stands on Saturday um, after I'm stone colding beers in, in the parking lot there before we uh, get that party started. So you know let's uh, let's get the bats going here. It's June. You know it's theoretically the weather should be you know it's it doesn't look like it's going to be hot next weekend here, but it's going to be plenty warm enough to get that ball in the air. Get it out there into the stands and let's have some fun back at the ballpark again, baby. 100% capacity. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm glad you're going to be there too. Unfortunately, I, it's just my week. I always go up to the cabin now for the week of the fourth and obviously a little weird timing with it, but uh, I'll be heading up Saturday. So, like I said, be breaking in Friday, uh, the lots, and then uh, I'll be out Saturday. But you guys will all be there. So if you're in the lot, come and uh, meet up. Uh, we'll have the on tap flag out there. The Sox and 35th guys, 108 guys, White Sox Dave. Uh, it shall be a grand old party out in a uh, lot before the game so make sure you get there nice and early uh and bring your beers bring byob there will be but you know, pl- plenty of beers to go around never like to share but uh to ensure that the party doesn't stop uh, make sure you byob as well so that's just looking forward to should be a fun day uh next saturday at the ballpark let's talk home runs here who's likely to break out and hit some home runs i am gonna go with jake lamb and yasmani grandal uh, that's mine. Yaz has hit him in bunches uh, points this year. Uh, earlier homestand, I believe that was towards the end of May, early June. Uh, he did that there. And man, Jake Lamb just does it when he's in the lineup. He just seems to. So maybe there is some sort of uh, 2017, not full version, but partial version of him still left that he is displaying here. And that would be a very nice sight to continue, especially given the fact that the White Sox are still a predominantly right-hand hitting dominant lineup. So if you're able to get some left-handed power production from Jake Lamb, from Yasmani Grandal, that would really help to balance this lineup out and, and really kind of help get them on solid footing once again. I'm really looking to see Tim Anderson and Jose Abreu start to get the ball out of the ballpark a little more. Pito's had a real tough month here in, in June. Timmy has has started to pick it up a little bit, but again, the power production simply hasn't been there. Hoping that maybe that, that little extra boost from the crowd energy, Timmy's a guy that really feeds off the energy there, and he, he tries to bring the energy himself. So maybe having a little bit higher capacity, having a full packed house in there, will kind of get the juices flowing for him a little bit and start getting that ball in the air. And uh, let's get some bad flips, baby. 
baby. We, we've been missing those. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would uh, totally uh, set that crowd off uh, if he did one in front of the home crowd. Uh, it would be great to see. But even, uh, you know, thinking about uh, the, the first two games here, because let's not overlook the Pirates series here. You still got to play those before you can get back home and enjoy this whole reopening weekend, um, you know, in uh, right field there. Uh, I feel like that is just, you know, calling Jake Lamb and Yasmani Grandal's name. So that's why I went with them to start there. And uh, I did see a Jose Abreu home run, luckily, uh, right before they left for that weekend series in Houston. Uh, that was, you know, a big spot in that Wednesday game. Uh, so hopefully being in the familiar surroundings, uh, you just kind of like, you know, that like click something in his brain uh, and that, you know, it can lead to some more power. And I agree wholeheartedly on Timmy, man. We know that he can. He has the strength to do it. Uh, but let's get that energy behind it as well. And I think we could be in for some long balls and fireworks. Yeah, let's. I, I don't really have much else to add on that. Let's let's go. I want the fireworks. That that's really that's the one time I really care about seeing fireworks is when a White Sox player is rounding the bases there at the corner of Thirty Fifth and Shields. So we need some more of that. Let's do this. Yeah, you know, we we love fireworks here as a Sox on tap crew. So, um, you know. <sighs> Tough one this weekend, Steve. It's it's going to happen, though. And we talked about maintaining rationality. Uh, that's kind of how we uh, it sort of dubbed it in the article here. And uh, I think we've done, you know, there's always going to be overreactions either way uh, online uh, when that happens. But, um, you know, you, you can wipe the slate. And also, I think off days are big here, too. Um, you, you do, first of all, just for the health of the team. I mean, some of these guys just need it to, uh, you know, clear up some of the uh, lagging or excuse me, nagging issues that they're battling through right now. And then also it helps clear the head because after something like that, you know, if you're winning, you want to, like, get right back out there and go again. Uh, maybe not the case after you get swept in four. I've been on teams that have had extended losing streaks. I mean, I remember uh, my freshman year of college, you know, we were in the midst of like a seven or eight game losing streak at one point. And when you're, when you're going through those, I think, especially if you're not performing offensively to your capabilities as a team, it really just kind of drags the entire group and, and the entire team down. So having that off day to kind of hit the reset button a little bit can be, pivotal in in these situations just kind of let everybody catch their breath a little bit take a breather and say okay you know what it was a shitty weekend it happened it's over and done let's flush it let's get back on track here we got an opportunity to do that against a pittsburgh pirates team that we are better than we just got to go out there and we got to get the job done that's it yeah most definitely so um i, I don't got too too much uh else out here uh, in the White Sox scape here is good to be on with you for Sunday fun day. Steve, uh, go ahead with your final thoughts and then I can get the uh, housekeeping in. We'll get out of here. Like I said, just, you know, bad weekend. You had a two and five stretch against two quality opponents. It's not the end of the world. It's mid June. This is still a good baseball team. They got some things they need to clean up obviously here, but the sky is not falling and things are going to be okay. Start getting things back on track Tuesday night in Pittsburgh. Let's do this thing. Yeah. Uh, my last thought here is hitting is contagious. So you get a little bit of that momentum go. I think it was on full display last year and you saw some guys uh, in production coming from spots that you maybe didn't expect it last year. I mean, think about games at Wrigley uh, when the home run train started uh, and granted that is, you know, also taking advantage of the opponent, maybe uh, pitchers that were leaving them in spots for you there. But I think overall uh, it really does wonders for the psyche. If a few guys get rolling, especially, you know, straws, there's a drink, as you like to always say, Tim Anderson at the top. So I think, 
take a home run from him could be just the thing uh, that this White Sox team needs to really kind of kick it into gear here. So uh, hoping for that, uh, get get hot and stay hot. That's what I'm looking for. That's my final thoughts here. All right, everybody, thank you for tuning in to Sunday Funday with Sox on Tap. Rough weekend for the boys, but hey, we're always here to discuss, break it down, uh, and uh, maybe offer a little bit of clarity uh, at the end of it all. So make sure you're visiting on tapsportsnet.com where you can find articles like Steve will be releasing this week, uh, this upcoming week uh, on possible trade targets here. Uh, it's on tapsportsnet.com. Follow us on social media at Sox on Tap and at on Sportsnet. When you're looking for White Sox merchandise or any Chicago sports merchandise, Grandstand is the place to go. Visit them online at GrandstandSox.com and on social media at GrandstandSox. That's it. Sunday Funday has come to a conclusion. Happy Father's Day to all White Sox dads out there. White Sox forever. White Sox for life. <laughs> <laughs>